saith Jesus unto them, All you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that this night before the cock crows, you shall deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny you. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, You sit here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate-level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day, word for word, from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word radio Bible study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus announces the scattering of the disciples, his crucifixion and resurrection before being betrayed by Judas. Although Peter espoused his heartfelt determination to stay with Jesus no matter what, Jesus spoke of Peter's denial. And Matthew next describes how Jesus took Peter, James, and John and went apart from the other disciples in order to pray. And Dr. Mitchell brings out the circumstances of the sorrow which Jesus felt. Jesus said his soul was very sorrowful even to the point of death. 
And Dr. Mitchell focuses our attention on the fact that Jesus poured out his soul even unto death. He shed his blood for you and me on the cross willingly. The blood of the cross reconciles all who trust in Christ. Well, let's join Dr. Mitchell in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31, as he shares the Lord Jesus with us here on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Thank you. Again, we come to you with studies in the book of Matthew, and we are in chapter 26. And for those of you who have not been listening in, may I say that we're dealing now with the passion of the King, that is, the death of our Savior, as found in chapters 26 and 27. And in this, the first 60, 46 verses of this 26th chapter, we have the preparation for the death of the King. You'll notice in the first five verses that the Lord Jesus set the time of his death and the method how he should die. We read here that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then, you, then assembled the chief priests. These leaders of Israel determined to slay him. Our Lord arranged the time of his death and how he should die. I want you to mark our precious Savior even in this matter of his own death. As you could say in John chapter 10, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. No man taketh my life from me. And then we have the betrayer in verses 6 to 16. Um, we have, first of all, where the, our Lord is anointed for burial, where Mary, I believe it is, Mary of Bethany, who poured out her alabaster box of ointment upon him. And our Lord's uh, rebuke of his disciples and commendation of Mary. And then from 14 on down through verse 25, you have... Uh, the betrayer, Judas Iscariot, revealed, and Satan entered Judas because, or should I say through, his yearning for money, his covetousness. If one were to go to John 13 again, when, when Judas made the final decision, he was going to go through with it, even after our Lord revealed to him that the Lord knew what he was going to do, where our Lord manifested omniscience, his very deity. The man made a decision to go right through with it, and the Lord ratified that decision by saying, what you do, do quickly. And you remember we read that Satan entered then into Judas. And then you have the, uh, the remembrance given to the disciples. And may I again suggest that the the Passover was a remembrance of an event. It's a national event in Israel. But the Lord's table is a remembrance of a person, of what he has done for men and women. A dead person remembered, a living person worshipped, and a coming person waited for. Our Lord, we remember his death. We also remember that he's a living Savior at the right hand of God, worthy of our worship. And then the remembrance until he shall come, and we wait for his return. Now, starting in verse 31 through 35, we have where the Lord warns his disciples. And we start in verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All you shall be offended because of me this night. 
For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that this night, before the cock crows, you shall deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny you. Likewise also said all the disciples. Now here we have the disciples warned of the fact that they were going to be that they were going to be offended because of Jesus Christ that night. That they were going to be scattered abroad. You know, these men couldn't grasp that. Having traveled with the Savior for more than three years, they couldn't even for a moment begin to think that they would leave him while he was their Lord. Leave him? And Jesus said, yes, tonight, this very night, you'll not only be offended, but you'll be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, again we come to the question or the fact of his resurrection, I will go before you into Galilee. Uh, you remember after resurrection, he said to the disciples, he would meet them in Galilee. In John chapter 21, our Lord met them in Galilee. That's why you have the story of the miraculous draft of fishes. Now the reaction of Peter. Peter says, though all shall be offended because of you, I will never be offended. And by the way, Peter meant every word he said. One thing about Peter, just like you and me, Peter didn't know Peter. Uh, we don't know the, the awfulness of the human heart when the chips are down. Though all forsake you, though all be offended, Lord, you can sure count on dear old Peter. And the Lord said, listen, Peter, before the cock crows tonight, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, Lord, I'll die with you. Even though it means death, I will not deny you. And when we come later on to Peter, later on in the chapter, I want to go a little further into that, but for the present, I would like to leave it except with the same statement that Peter meant every word he said. I don't question for one moment that Peter meant it. As I said a while ago, there was one person Peter didn't really know, and that was Peter. Now, we'll leave that for a moment until we come later down the chapter. I want to take up the next thought, and that is the final surrender of our Savior to the will of God. This is an amazing passage, verses 36 to 46. Verses 36 to 46. Hear the story of our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, I would like to read the first few verses of this. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, You sit here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. 
And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now we come to a very, very important passage. To my mind, one of the most important passages in the New Testament. Our Lord went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, he left most of the disciples and then took Peter, James, and John with him, the inner circle, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Now mark the statement in verse 38. Then he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. You tarry here and watch with me. And he went over and he prayed, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Will you please notice the final surrender of our Savior to the will of his Father. You remember in John chapter 4, our Lord said to the disciples, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. In chapter 5 and chapter 6 of John, our Lord said, I came not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. In John chapter 8, verse 29, we read, I do always the things that please him. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, we read there that he, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation. Now, the Lord always was perfect. The word, this word perfect, by the way, in the book of Hebrews, means the completion of a task, the completion of a task. And it had to go by the way of suffering. And because he was obedient unto the will of his father, it meant suffering. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 7 and verse 9, we read, It is written in the volume of the book, I came to do thy will, O my God. You'll notice in Hebrews this is twice mentioned in verse 7 and verse 9 of chapter 10. And then in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, I read the second verse, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. He never despised the cross. He endured the cross. He despised the shame and was set down at the right hand of God. In the 40th Psalm, verses 6 to 8, I read, In the volume of the book that is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God, for thy word is in my heart. Now, I have quoted all these scriptures to you for a purpose. And for those of you who are taking notes, and many of you do, I'd like to repeat those passages in John chapter 4, John chapter 5, John chapter 6, and then in John chapter 8, 29, and then in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 7 to 9, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and the 40th Psalm, I would say from verses 6 to 8, where he says, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but mine ear hast thou digged, or a body hast thou prepared me. And he goes on, It is written in the volume of the book, I delight to do thy will. Way back in eternity somewhere, 
way back in eternity, was written in the council chamber of God that when Jesus Christ, God's precious Son, would come to the earth, the dominating thought of his whole life would be to do the will of his Father. You know, I want to say to you today, this is one of the greatest needs among God's people. And what a lesson for us, even though it may mean a cross of shame, even though it may mean becoming a terrible thing called sin for us. Now listen to what he said in verse 38. My soul, my soul is exceeding troubled even unto death. Now you remember in, the, in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 to 12, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. What I'm after here is he poured out his soul unto death. My soul is exceeding troubled even unto death. You see, our Lord, this righteous, holy, sinless Son of God, is going to be made that terrible thing called sin for you and for me. I'm afraid that with those of us, we, we people in the human family, even we Christians, can't begin to appreciate, can't begin to understand what was in the heart of our Savior when he said, my soul is exceeding troubled unto death. You know, some years ago, I was dealing with a couple, and they were very, very much opposed to the gospel of Christ. They were religious people, belonged to a certain sect, which I'm not going to mention, but they, their statement to me was this. We do not believe that the blood of any man, even though he be the Son of God, can atone for my soul. Now remember the statement. We do not believe that the blood of any man, even though he be the Son of God, can atone for my soul. And I said to them, my friends, did you never read in Isaiah, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin? Did you never read, he shall see of the travail of his soul? Did you never read of our Lord saying in the garden, now is my soul exceeding troubled even unto death? They said, where is that in the Bible? I said, if you start to read your Bible more instead of your cult literature, you'll come to the place where Jesus Christ is not only the Son of God, but he poured out his life's blood and he poured out his soul. The death of Christ takes the whole, the whole man in, body, soul, spirit. He poured out his soul unto death. He shed his blood for the remission of sins. This is what he said. We had it in this chapter when our Lord said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Verse 28 of this chapter. You know, about a year afterwards, this couple came and confessed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just that one little statement from Isaiah 53 and Matthew 26 shattered their thought. They had been told the blood of not even the Son of God can atone for sin. 
How can the blood of a body atone for a soul, for a person, for a personality? Jesus not only shed his precious blood, but he poured out his soul unto death. And I'm sure when we come to that passage in the next chapter, when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was pouring out his soul unto death. You see, the Lord Jesus went the whole way. And it's for you and for me, my friend, to appreciate the tremendous value of the blood of Christ when he poured out his blood and when he poured out his soul unto death. No wonder, no wonder God raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand to be both a prince and a savior. And will you think about that? And read Matthew 26 and 27 for our next lesson. And the Lord bless you for his name's sake. Rest, Lord Jesus, ruler of all
Our teacher, Dr. John G. Mitchell, was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Dr. Mitchell prayed for the prayer requests of his radio listeners, and the unchanging Word is committed to continue praying for our listeners. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. Remember to write and give us your thoughts and encouragement, and also remember to send us your prayer praises and prayer requests. You may write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. That's The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins again.